0: Good evening, and welcome to another night of T's and Z's, a podcast to help you get a better night's sleep. I am one of your hosts, Scott Elcherson. Doug, hello, my co-host, how are you doing? I'm doing great, another fine evening talking about terms of service with you, Scott. Uh, Doug, you know, there's nothing I like more than uh, hanging out with you behind the mic and lulling our listeners to sleep by talking about terms of service agreements. And if you're new to the show, let me just give you a quick breakdown Uh, of what T's and Z's is. It's very straightforward. Uh, Basically, this is a podcast to help you fall asleep at night. We're really leaning into dialogue, uh, this conversation between myself and Doug uh, as a metronome for your mind. It's a show that you can turn on as you start to wind down uh, and then slowly drift off to sleep knowing full well that as we're going back and forth and having a conversation, you're not missing out on anything important. Uh, that is because we're talking about the most boring documents on the internet, which are terms of service agreements. It's those things that you agree to, uh, without ever reading, uh, because they're way too long and way too boring. So we're trying to put those to good use by establishing some really nice conversation and dialogue to help you fall asleep at night. I mean, Doug, again, have you, have you found this to be effective? Are you falling asleep when we're talking?
1: I occasionally get a little glassy-eyed when reading some sections, and I do always sleep a little bit better after recording
0: one of these episodes. Kind of helps you de-stress, gives you something to really, you know, attach your mind to, uh, and that's like that's just the whole idea of this like dialogue as the metronome for your mind. So, so welcome to the show. Uh, we're gonna dive right into tonight's episode, all about Snap Inc.'s terms of service. Uh, this is specifically for if you live in the United States. Uh, they were last updated on October 30th, 2019, uh, and these terms of service do include an arbitration agreement. Well, Doug, uh, do you want to kick off tonight's terms of service with the welcome section? Everybody welcome to Snap Inc.'s terms of service. Happy to.
1: Welcome! Exclamation point. We've drafted these terms of service, which we call the terms. So you'll know the following, you'll know the rules that govern our relationship with you. Although we have tried our best to strip the legalese from the terms, there are places where these terms may read like a traditional contract. There's a good reason for that. These terms do indeed form a legally binding contract between you and Snap Inc. So please read them carefully. I, yeah. I do I do like how that section talked to me on my level. Um,
0: <laughs> so do I. Now, I'll, I guess we'll be the judge of how much legalese is stripped out of here. Um, but, hey, they're trying. You know, that's a plus. There's only been a couple other companies that have actually done a good job with that. Unsplashed and actually Substack are, oh, and Imager are very good um, terms of service, very, very consumer friendly. Oh, nice. Um,
1: I think it's also important to call out this section does go on to say that by using their products, Snapchat, Bitmoji, or any of their other products, that those terms do apply. Um, so we immediately jump right back into legalese (laughs) we don't do that but also (laughs) here's this in a section about that arbitration notice that
0: comes up later on (laughs) yeah and the arbitration notice is in all caps and i i you know we got to figure out why that is because every arbitration agreement and notice is always in all caps i don't know if that's for clarity uh for whatever reasons but it's always in all caps i don't know if there's a lawyer listening like somebody like let us know why it's written in all caps but uh, it always is. I would imagine it's just like
1: why risk not putting in all caps, make it as visible as possible, so people know upfront. Because I'm guessing there's also a reason why mm. they explicitly call it out every time. It's like this happens. Well, it's kind of you wave your right to right a trial. Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, right by I trial. Read, I've read I, three I, of these trial by some. jury. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, a trial by oh man. Yeah, yeah. So you know, something something to be aware of. Some people consider that a big deal others may not. You let us know. Um, But all right, let's just dive into some the sections here. So uh, Snapchat does grant you some rights. Uh, First and foremost, they grant you, basically, it's a personal, worldwide, royalty-free, non-assignable, non-exclusive, revocable, and non-sublicable license to access and use their service. So basically, the sole purpose of this license Is for letting the consumer use and enjoy the services benefits uh, in a way that agrees with their terms and their usage policies as per their community guidelines. Standard operating procedure. You'll notice a lot of times with services, especially software services, you're always granted a license. You never really own anything, Doug. And I think we've talked about this before. Everything's kind of licensed to you, you know? Free or not, you don't really own anything. Yeah. Well, it's a, this is that digital world um, yeah hard to own for anybody. example like bitmojis did you know that they're owned exclusively by snap inc
1: that i did know i put the other one like they were only really available on like a keyboard and snapchat and then i was like pretty much it
0: yeah but the thing is it's your likeness they own the avatar they do own the avatar it says all bitmoji avatars are owned exclusively by snap inc and they reserve the right to use any Bitmoji avatars for any purpose, including promoting their products and services. So something to think about when you make a Bitmoji is you don't own it. And Snapchat has the right to use it for, for, for promotion without your permission. Because they can. It'd be nice if they asked though, right? Especially if you build it out after yourself. I mean, it would be nice if they asked. I
1: this is a strange statement i did not I, I did not realize that prior to to reading these it's terms of two service. sections um, in and we're already stumped i'm like wow i mean i guess it, i'm like i'm not super surprised to hear it and i really doubt they're gonna pick my bitmoji out of everybody that's available you know just sunglasses and a shirt like not too much going on there but it's just, it's a It makes sense. It's just always a surprise to see that you don't really get a say in terms of what Mm
0: -hmm. you're making content on their platform. Yeah. uh, yeah, And they have the right to it. That's yeah. That's a good way to look at it. Though then I'm sure I mean they, they might define like what's content. And is it really you? Anyways. Now we're getting into very deep, you it know, was, like, yeah, philosophical
1: questions here. Is anything yeah. really you? <laughs> I mean, who knows? I don't even know if I'm myself someday, Scott. It's hard to say.
0: <laughs> I, well, hey, man, I can tell you sometimes you're not, yeah. all right? Sometimes you're uh, very far, very far from mm-hmm. it. Um, well, section three, let's just dive into this one. So th- these are rights that you grant Snapchat. I do want to say this right off the bat because I had to go
1: and count how many paragraphs this was compared to the the section you just read of rights we grant you there's four paragraphs for the rights they grant you and one of them basically says you don't have a right to the thing you own um (laughs) and there's like nine to ten paragraphs under the rights that we grant snapchat when we use their service or snap inc when we use their services so i'm not saying that it's an unfair relationship you're definitely probably not getting the best deal right off the bat in terms of who's getting what
0: yeah and i have to imagine this section is going to deal all about content and basically any content that you make on their platform, you're gonna be granting them a license of access or or something. Let's find out. Yeah, very first paragraph here. It says, Many of our services let you create, upload, post, send, receive, and store content. When you do that, you retain whatever ownership rights in that content you had to begin with, but you grant Snapchat a license to use that content. How broad that license depends on which services you use and the settings you have selected well, this is just going to be complicated <laughs> and I can see why there's so many more paragraphs uh, in this section like versus the other
1: one. In my mind, what I perk up a lot about on that section is that they say store content. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of what people think about Snapchat is a ethereal, of- ephemeral.
0: Yeah, but it goes away. It goes away from other people's phones, maybe. And your phone. And if you have memory selected and whatnot. That is true. I'm, sh- I'm sure we're going to find in here a policy or something on how long they keep the Snapchat that you think disappeared on their internal servers for X amount of time. I'm putting money on this one. Let's we'll go into this next paragraph here. Uh, so uh, this relates to their story submissions. Um, so when you have your story submissions and they're set to viewable by everyone, um, as well as content that you submit to their crowdsource services, including the our story, so that's kind of like the you know like the New York City story, uh, that is now public content. So for all the content that is submitted to the services, other than public content, uh, you're granting Snapchat uh, essentially a worldwide license. This license for limited purpose of operating, developing, providing, promoting, and improving the services, and researching and developing new ones. So they're taking your content, they're using your content. Cause it's in the public domain. It's been labeled as a public domain and they're going to use it to improve the service as well as some other things. So good to know a lot of it again, makes sense. A lot of standard practices uh, cause we do want the service to be better, right? If we use it, that is the theory behind it. And I
1: hope it's all used within the guidelines of making the service better.
0: Yeah. Well, Doug, you know, this beefy paragraph, paragraph number three here talks about public content I was I was really looking to take a bite out of this beefy
1: paragraph. All right, well, take a chunk out of it. Because public content is inherently public and chronicles matters of public interest, the license you grant us for this content is broader. For public content, you grant Snap, Inc., our affiliates, and our business partners all the same rights you grant for non-public content in the previous paragraph, as well as a perpetual license to create derivative works from... from promote, exhibit, broadcast, syndicate, publicly perform, and publicly display public content in any form and in any and all media or distribution methods now known or later developed. To the extent it's necessary, when you appear in, create, upload, post, or send public content, you also grant Snap, Inc., our affiliates and our business partners the unrestricted worldwide perpetual right and license to use your name likeness and voice including in connection with commercial or sponsored content this means among other things that you will not be entitled to any compensation from Snapchat Inc or affiliates or our business partners if you if your name likeness or voice is conveyed to the services either on Snapchat application or on one of our business partners' platforms. Take a breath,
0: there, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> that is a beefy paragraph, <laughs> and that's why nobody reads these things. And this is this is the definition of legalese. But again, it I, you can see why it's there from the business perspective, but from a consumer perspective, it's like, what does all that even mean, and why, right? Like, as complex.
1: What I learned is, if it if they wanted to take a cool submission that was submitted to your point like the new york city story yep, about brunch and how you know brunch happens on snapchat yep and they want to turn that into an ad and they want to syndicate that through wherever they want to
0: syndicate through they can and they will and they'll pay you for it yeah not a dime so something everybody should know about pros and cons ah so what else we got in here well there's a much shorter paragraph right after this which i'm kind of intrigued about um what the one-liner or the one below that
1: the one right below the one-liner yeah it's not nearly as fun as like a a comedian's one-liner um
0: yeah (laughs) well so this one's interesting so this is this is just about snapchat saying that they have the ability and the right to access review screen and delete your content at any time for any reason. So again, they're kind of like the sole proprietor of the platform. And if anything that is essentially developed on the platform, they can remove it for any reason at any time, no reason or for reason. Um, Though the interesting point here is that a person themselves like you alone, uh, remain responsible for the content you create upload post, send or store on the service. So Snapchat, again, is taking no responsibility of what's posted on their website or the service but can do some sort of moderation if they so deem necessary. Shout out section
1: 230. I love a good section shout out. I feel like I'm at a football game.
0: (laughs) This is a different section. It's a different type of section.
1: I'll be honest, I don't think they do that at football games. The fun ones they do. And the fun ones they do. So I do want to touch on another paragraph that's in here that states, Should you develop or be deemed to have any rights in a Bitmoji avatar not granted by these terms, you agree to irrevocably and unconditionally assign to Snapchat Inc. all of your additional right, title, and interest, including all copyrights, in and to such Bitmoji avatar. They're really
0: protecting the Bitmoji avatars. Maybe i got a bit of a tinfoil hat on here on this one. Well, hey, let's go down a path, Doug. Let's see where it it takes us. It's basically
1: saying like, if I have a Bitmoji yeah and my side career that's currently not taking off of singer songwriter pop star um, (laughs) word all of a sudden take off overnight that they would still have the rights to my bitmoji yes but like what would your singer songwriter career have to do with your bitmoji well i mean i don't know maybe i maybe i wanted to advertise using my bitmoji
0: i couldn't yeah you couldn't without their permission yeah you would
1: have to ask like you couldn't use your bitmoji if you wanted to make Let's not talk about, all right, maybe my non-existent career as a singer-songwriter wasn't great. But now let's say Mm -hmm. I have a non-existent career as a YouTube, like a YouTuber, content creator on YouTube. And I created thumbnails. And I wanted to use my Bitmoji as like the mascot for my channel. Don't
0: think I could here because I'd be violating copyright on Yeah, Yeah, you have to get their permission to do that. But yeah, you would probably get like a decease and desist order if you were big. That's kind of like like the thing. You probably use it until you got big, but yeah, um, which is interesting. And it's this something to note, actually, because there are other avatar companies in the space where the talent themselves, so if you're a celebrity, kind of more or less owns their likeness within that environment. So it kind of depends on like your business model, but obviously Snapchat's like, no, nope, this is just a thing we own. It's fun for messaging. But there are other companies where the core avatar is kind of like their main product. And if your main product is then like monetizing a celebrity's likeness, you, they're going to own that likeness in a way. Right. So it just kind of depends on how everything's set up and what the business model is. So I'm it's fascinating. Much, I'm fascinated how much
1: you've learned about companies by reading the terms <laughs> of services across. You, a really, lot.
0: Y- you can really learn a lot. Uh, it's really impressive. I know. Or not even impressive. It's just interesting. Um, But I think there's a limit, and we might we we might tap this limit in the next you know four episodes of because after a while you'll see like they're they're all pretty similar, just some are longer than others for whatever reason. But you know a lot of them are pretty pretty similar. The next section here is called Section Four: Content of Others. Um, that is just basically a, like, like a copyright saying that you know one Snapchat doesn't take responsibility for any content that others post to the service, um, but then two you know, well, there actually is no two. I was thinking something else. Um, this is them saying Snapchat doesn't take responsibility for content of, of others no matter what form it comes in across their platform. And then like they reference their community guidelines to make it very clear um, that they do not want the service to be put to bad uses. So, and just note that's just one extra document within this terms of service that you have to read. You're right. And directly below that is the
1: privacy section where they say, your privacy matters to us. You can learn how how we handle your information when you use our services by reading our privacy policy, which is then a second document that you would need to read, (laughs) which I would imagine is also of comparative length to this current
0: document. They usually are. Yeah. They, they usually are. Um, section six. Well, within section six, there are, Two more documents that are linked out. So now it's worth a total of four extra documents that you agree to when you accept these terms of service. Um, but Section 6 is a great one. It's all about respecting uh, people's rights on Snapchat's platform. Uh, so basically, this whole section just says, you know, Snap Inc. respects the rights of others, and so should you. Uh, you therefore may not use the services or enable anyone else to use the service uh, in any of the below manner. Uh, so like that comes down to, you know, infringing on privacy or copyright or trademark, intellectual property rights, uh, d- defamation, spam or soliciting users, you know, bullies, harassment or in- intimidations. Uh, you're also agreeing to respect Snapchats and Snap Inc's uh, brand guidelines and Bitmoji brand guidelines. So this goes back to your point, Doug, about using the Bitmoji or some sort of Snapchat branding for your non-existent YouTube career. Um you have to kind of like respect their guidelines. And if you can and cannot do that. Um, So Oh, and this is actually kind of nice. This is something new. Uh, It says at the very bottom of this section, respecting other people's rights, it says in short, you may not use the services or the content on the services in in any ways that are not authorized by these terms, nor may you help anyone else in doing so. Which isn't as in short as I thought it was going to be, I thought it was gonna be a bit more detailed. Yeah. I'm kind of I'm I'm kinda of disappointed. I was hoping for more on that one.
1: Well, you know, they're trying to strike a balance here between legalese and non-legalese. And they haven't quite hit the flow yet. It's <laughs> mainly been legalese. Yes, it has been. With a with a maybe occasionally a trendy intro into the into the into the <laughs> section.
0: It's all about the setup, right? The party starts with the invitation. Maybe if they can get you to th- maybe if you if they think that they can get you to think that these terms of services aren't that full legally as that maybe you'll think that they aren't when actuality they are. Put the tinfoil back on for that statement. At some point, we should probably take the tinfoil hats off.
1: I don't know. The more I read these, more I'm like, man,
0: there's some, there's some why the the implication of these things. It's like it's nuts. It's it's also complicated. I'm gonna really, I'm gonna keep saying that, but it's uh, definitely also complicated.
1: Yeah, and I feel like the reality, like as much fun as it's to crack jokes, the reality behind it is not that much interesting stuff is happening like on a day-to-day basis with like a term service or like your, your the anything that goes on with the privacy policy in the back end like you, it comes very mm-hmm. aggregated across the board i would imagine mean by aggregated like, you become one of i don't know what their user base is but how like tens of millions we will say um and then you you it quickly becomes less about you as an individual as much as this agreement is between you and them I would imagine you're just a date, like one data point in their like a segment, oh, or yeah. something. Like it becomes like this whole
0: thing isn't for the consumer; it's for the company.
1: Yeah, it's less of it's probably not really them trying to take something away from you. As a mo- it is like just being like, we're going to protect ourselves,
0: right? From from their perspective, it's like one versus their user base is like I think it's close to 100 million. No, it must, I think it's more than that. You want to here? I'll Google it real quick. I'm trying to think where they rank in terms of top platforms. Here we go, Doug. As of Q4 2020, there are 265 million daily active Snapchat users worldwide. So a bit off from that, from that tens of millions you quoted.
1: Well, <laughs> oh, I, I didn't start this podcast saying I was an expert on
0: Snapchat's
1: performance. Just so I can read the terms of service. It
0: says here uh, with an estimated 46 million monthly active users in the United States so okay. that's not terrible i mean i feel like
1: what was it like almost
0: as like over a third in the u.s yeah well the u.s has 325 million people it's like the number we use as like as an estimate they're they're very competitive um i feel like nobody talks
1: about snapchat anymore Like i know what i think of social media platforms i don't feel like people will bring them up very much as a social media platform it's like oh are you on snapchat i feel like it's like either
0: implied, well it's like you like have where it. you know the issue is we're starting to phase into a an older stage of our lives where some of that conversation we're now being like removed from because we've we've defined our social media intake. Well, maybe not. We, we all hopped on TikTok pretty quickly. Well, actually, I don't have a TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe not then. Maybe I just have it because of my job.
1: Well, what I've learned is if I just go on Instagram, I'm basically on TikTok. I like. Oh, Doug. Oh, Doug. 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 Doug feel like i'm not old enough to be having this type of moment
0: I where i'm clearly man. so out of
1: touch in terms of a social media trend um <laughs> this is where i'm that, at right now so that's where that, it is.
0: that is a grandpa statement right there well half the content on instagram is just reposted tiktoks like
1: i i don't feel like i'm far off by saying that statement well i, I mean instagram reels is a tiktok competitor is that what that is oh i find that layout
0: to be atrocious <laughs> you don't you don't like the vertical video or specifically the reels layout okay i've had a
1: long-standing dislike <laughs> of all things vertical in terms of if you're taking photos or
0: filming okay interesting so you're a traditionalist well
1: yeah i took like one photo class in middle school and another in college and now and i i have built up this opinion which is not very solidly based i was like dude horizontal so you can frame it a little bit better and it But,
0: Doug, if the frame is your phone, it's got to be vertical.
1: You can just turn it 90 degrees and make it horizontal.
0: So, yeah, I don't like the
1: vertical format. I also, though, don't love the chaotic scroll of dozens of different videos. And I feel like, yeah, well, yeah, like I've actually I've legitimately
0: never used TikTok.
1: (laughs) I don't know if you like, have to select one and then it appears full screen and you continue to scroll or if like... No,
0: I... it's 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 always full screen and all you do is scroll up and a new video loads every time you scroll up.
1: And, and let me guess, there's
0: an algorithm to
1: recommend?
0: Yes, Doug. Yes, there is. But you know what's special about that algorithm? It recommends it based off of your interests versus who you follow. So the other social media like Twitter and Facebook and Instagram are was always based off like a follower graph and a social graph. Like who do you follow and will surface content that way? TikTok was changing the game because their algorithm surfaced content that you liked. And so you'll get content that's been liked or viewed millions of times and other times viewed hundreds of times because the the content is more relevant to you. It's like they'll serve you the best content Versus other social platforms that were serving you content by people that you follow. And that's the key, the key to TikTok's algorithm.
1: Fundamentally, that sounds like a better algorithm. Because well, like when Facebook first started, you friended everybody. Everybody's your friend. You did never have, have a ton of shared interests with those people. That's one of the things why I'm not on Facebook anymore. I did not really want to see what everybody was doing anymore. I'm like, ah, you guys aren't reading the books I'm reading, playing the games I'm playing, doing the things right. I'm doing. So that's what
0: TikTok does. That's great. It just feels like Vine. Um yes. Everybody has been making fun of TikTok because Vine, we had this in 2007 with Vine. Or no, not 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 2007, 2010, 2013. 2013? Yes, was like yeah, I mean, yeah, the yeah. peak Vine craze. Yeah, cuz Twitter came out in 2006 or 2007, so it was definitely not then. Um but yeah, but but then Twitter bought it and they did nothing with it and it died on the Vine the grapes of wrath all over again.
1: Yeah. Right. Well, we've really taken a turn from the terms of service to, for me yeah. to unpack my, my feelings about do you,
0: do you mean there's strong opinions. You want to share on algorithmic news feeds? Well, no, not really. <laughs> I'm considering dropping
1: Instagram too, just because I feel like I haven't, well, haven't, I haven't posted it. We, we had a lot of good meme chats. Oh, that's the one thing that the mm. one thing that's holding me on is the, lord of the rings memes and then they're tasty they're so tasty they're great memes um and then i have a few of my friends out here in greenville also um send me memes and stuff like that and so I, i look at those i just feel like i'm not like what am i holding on to the occasional great meme yeah that's fantastic and i guess occasionally i do like to see what my friends are doing like from college and stuff like that but i feel like i'm not a consistent checker for like what's going on i think you know what finsta you remember those remember those they might still be a thing um no question mark a finsta is a fake insta or it was like a shorting of like a fake instagram or something like that but basically the concept was is you'd have one instagram instagram account that would be followed by you know hundreds of people that you were friends with throughout like high yeah. school college work whatever and that's where you post all of like the uh really stage photos i am living my best life yeah here's me on vacation and all i ever post is vi- pictures on vacation so you always think i'm on vacation and you don't see that i'm actually a stressed human being right um and the, the finsta would be followed by like 12 people and it'd be a private account and that's where you post like your pictures from the bars the night before like doing crazy stuff posting videos of you like jumping over fences that was like the other thing like it was like like this was a thing that i learned about like towards the end of college is that everybody had these like other instagram accounts that were just like like ten
0: nine people could follow them and that was that's kind of cool i never had a finsta nor did i know that was the thing but i do know content creators have multiple accounts so that way they can test different formats and posts first to see how it performs before they post their main account kind of something similar it is something similar this is this is my this is my deep deep social media you <laughs> tell speaking of that and speaking of memories and you know social media platforms let's just jump to section 10 here uh on on memories which I think is a very interesting feature within the snapchat platform uh so for those that don't, don't know uh, memories is their data storage service that makes it easier for you to reminisce anytime anywhere so by agreeing to these terms you automatically enable memories and once memories are enabled, it will remain enabled as long as you maintain your Snapchat account, uh, but you can turn it off if you want to. So this is the feature that'll pop up once in a while and say, hey, remember this fun time you had uh, having a Miller Lite at the Globe in New York City on October 3rd, 2017? Um, that's this feature. Uh, there's a whole section on it, so you know, let's, let's see what's going on down here. So I think this is kind of interesting. It says, there, there's a clause in here that says, you may, not, you may not resell any memories features. So this means you cannot do something like use memories to operate your own file storage or distribution service for other people. That doesn't, I don't really get that one. I'm trying to think what the use case would be. How would I get other people's memories? This means you can't do something like use memories to operate your own file storage or distribution service for other people. Oh, I see what it's saying. It's basically, so if I wanted to set up like my own Google Cloud drive and curate people's memories or features, or like, yeah, use like an API plugin to copy this feature in any way, shape, or form.
1: That makes more sense than my tenfold hat that fell into the gutter yeah. for a
0: second.
1: <laughs> I don't think it's a crazy thing to, to make a statement about in terms of Snapchat.
0: Yeah, well, so it says, I mean, under safe, I mean, there's a whole section on the like community guidelines that obviously is going to not allow that type of content. But their safety section here, right? I'll see if it says anything. You will not post content that contains or links to pornographic, graphic violence, threats, hate speech, incites violence, or anything like that. So there you go. It's right in the safety section. Can't do it.
1: They know what people use their platform for.
0: <laughs> uh, Doug, I think you'll find that a lot of platforms run into that issue. It's common. It's a common thread across the entire internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Indeed uh so what, what else is interesting about memories well there's something interesting about like kind of like the passcode management here it says there's an option uh, for the memories feature to create a restricted area by setting a passcode uh, which could be a pin or a passphrase or other or some other mechanism basically it's a way to secure your memories in case somebody else gets a hold of your device but there's a pretty big warning here, and I like that I put this in all capitals, when it comes to this uh, more restricted area and the, and, and the passcode around it. It says, if you lose or forget your memory's passcode, or if you enter the wrong one too many times, you will lose access to any content you saved in the restricted area of memories. And they do not offer any passcode recovery features for this area. So you are solely responsible for remembering your password if you put your content in the restricted area. Reminds me completely of like owning like a a crypto wallet. It's like you were responsible for your recovery phase. And if you lose that, or if you don't have like your key, forget about it. You're never getting that wallet back.
1: I'm curious why they chose such a secure method for the memories.
0: Personal content, data breaches, uh, there's an an added layer of security, Um, sensitive photos, it's just, I mean, it's just an intense one. Like my bank account allows me to reset my password. <laughs> There's a whole conversation around like user responsibility, right? Like where does that end and where does it begin? And this is one of those areas where Snapchat is obviously saying you, you're responsible for this specific portion because like you can sort of like remember and get password to like your overall Snapchat account, but like this vault that's inside your Snapchat account you can lose access to it,
1: which I suppose, if you are trying to manage personal content that people are going to be creating and putting on here, probably just draw some lines. It was like, yeah, we don't want to get
0: involved. Uh, so what else we got going on here, Doug? Oh, we skipped over section nine, which is titled "Your Account." Section nine, your account.
1: You are responsible for any activity that occurs in your Snapchat account, so it's important that you keep your account secure. One way to do that is to select a strong password that you don't use for any other account. By using the services, you agree that in addition to exercising common sense, you will not create more than one account for yourself. You will not create another account if you've already disabled your account unless you have our written permission to do so. You will not buy, sell, rent, or lease access to your Snapchat account, snaps, a Snapchat username, or a friend link without our written permission. You will not share your password. You will not log in or attempt to access the services through unauthorized third-party applications or clients.
0: I kind of got a kick out of... Um, the don't use for any other account? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't use a password that you have used on any other account. Oh, man. That is such a crazy security flaw. Because uh, most individuals have a couple accounts, if not all their accounts, across the same password. And if 1Password was going to sponsor this podcast, now would be the time. Because with 1Password, you can have multiple different passwords all organized by 1Password. one pass. Use promo code T's and C's. Not to lampoon our sponsorship deal here, Scott.
1: <laughs> but I do have a question. Is that not just like a the keychain on Google Chrome or Apple or anything like that where like you have your passwords managed?
0: Um, I'm guessing they have a cooler UI, but... It's a password manager. That's correct. Okay. I don't know if OnePass is more secure than let's say keychain is on... You know, internal like iOS devices. I'm not sure. I'm not a security expert. You want a really random
1: opinion of mine about pa- username, passwords, and all that? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I'm curious to see where the world goes in terms of all that. In terms of like, do you think it will be continued? Like, you have to have a password manager to manage all of your username and passwords. Or do you think that currently, like you'll see across a lot of websites, you can log in with your Gmail account, you can log in with, like, there's integrations to pull from an existing. Identity provider
0: provider. That's a great question. I had this thought today because, as of, the, as, uh, as of the date we're recording, Google I/O happened this afternoon, and they essentially announced a solution for that, where it's like sign in with sign in with Google is getting even more robust, where it starts to fill in, you know, all your account passwords, but then it saves all your um, account passwords and puts like cryptography across them, so basically it's either it's going to go two ways one people are going to migrate towards it's like i'm going to remember everything myself or it's going to go straight to now google or apple or whoever like my core os provider is going to make all my passwords for me and i only need to log in with my face or my fingerprint across any device any application any service it's gonna be my my could have been rich story all right
1: let's hear it three years ago I had this exact thought. I was like, "What? Like, how? cool? And of course, I called it like, it would be like, you know, the product called like skeleton key or something like that. But it's like you have mm-hmm. one account that accesses every service that you're providing. Now, this makes more sense to me in terms of one account or like one oper- like operating system that manages and controls your passwords in a more systematic sense, instead of it being a third party that like starts up. If if you and I were to say, let's build this product, we would have to break into the industry. Right. Well, the products
0: one. The products you know one pass or one password. Yeah, and so you're, they're trying to break in. No one password's been around for a while. They have a lot of market share. Anyways, t- semantics go on. Semantics.
1: Yes, they are a well-established company that are doing quite well for themselves, and, and they could, might be
0: a sponsor, Doug. They might be a. And sponsor, they might be a sponsor, so a sponsor. Don't shit on them. <laughs> but
1: I do think that it makes sense for Google and for Apple and even Microsoft, because he will have firefox like these people that have these well maintained and used browsers to also step into that realm which they've already done with this but like now it's your os like apple To your point that you could just use your fingerprint to sign to any account because they have integrations across like all these different providers or people that set up could integrate with them that would be a very strong position for those companies ecosystem lock-in is
0: that what it's called well, in the sense that it's a it's a feature that like like locks you into a certain operating system oh. or provider because of the value it gives you like for example if apple or google has your master password data set that you then put into all of your places that you sign into you will never know what those passwords are you i mean you can find them out but you'll never memorize a string of 16 digits and so that's just one more thing where if you wanted to like leave an ecosystem it's like i could do that but then all 56 of my passwords have to be rechanged or updated or i have to go back and reset all of those like oh forget about it it's like thinking about how much effort that would be it's like is like nope not gonna do it some people will some people will but i'm curious about that, like what the uh
1: what the breaking point will be for those people when they're like, Nope, I'm out. I can't do this anymore. I need, I'm willing to resell. I hate when I have to reset any password. If I had to go back and be like, I have to reset 50. Ooh, <laughs> would not be a fun day for me. Yeah. Nah, thank you. Sitting, hard pass. Just sitting in a laptop all day, just drinking coffee, resetting passwords, I'm trying to remember what accounts I even have.
0: Yeah. If they remember all the accounts you even have. Right. And then you kind of figure one out anyway. Anyways. So yeah, password management. It's, it's a real thing. I guess we should go into section 11 here, data charges and mobile phones. So uh, as a user of any of Snapchat products, um, you are responsible for any mobile phone charges that you may incur while using their services, including text messaging and data charges. Uh, If you're unsure what those charges may be, you should ask your service provider before using the service. Standard, straightforward, you gotta pay your phone bill in order to use data to access these services when you're on a cellular data connection i know this is all cookie cutter i know
1: they i had to think very hard to be like oh we should put this in there so people are aware of it but i still like to th- i'm still curious if there was like a, 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 <laughs> a person like a person who's like this was like pretty much written after it's like hey we came out with this like first ever mobile application they work on phones and then somebody like went over their data limit and then like complain the company and like oh we're putting this in there forever there's always these stories and you hear them like ooh, this is a lessons learned story
0: <laughs> yeah i'm sure somewhere along the way back probably in the early days of like the iphone um people are like why am i paying $300, three hundred dollars three thousand dollars for like, like a cell phone bill because you're shazam Wham and everything <laughs> 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 You've Shazam the same song five times in a week. <laughs> oh goodness! Yeah. So seventeen is the arbitration agreement, class action waiver, jury waiver. Yep, that all makes sense. So again, arbitration agreement means that you waive your right to a trial by jury. Also in this section, uh, it just mentions that uh, you waive your right to participate in any sort of class action lawsuit. So you can't, if you're going to sue Snapchat, you can only do so in a, on an individual basis, not as like a group oh. of people saying, Hey, we're all going to sue you for, because we all have, we were all affected in the same way. It has to be done under, um, an individual basis though. I don't know how much that actually holds up in court. Again, I'm not a lawyer. This is not legal advice. Uh, but it does seem like while these agreements are in the documents um class action still happens so who's who's to say
1: who is to say and Scott, i have a question for you yeah as you are the veteran here they have a section called opt out in terms of and so I'll, i'll read it through but i'm curious how frequently you see this in other agreements
0: uh where's the opt out section
1: oh it's a part of the arbitration agreement
0: Oh, part of the arbitration agreement. Yes, uh, go, yeah, it's usually you have, you have like thirty to sixty days to opt out of arbitration. Yeah, well, but but, yeah. It's, but it's like a whole thing.
1: Oh, well, let me read this whole thing. Opt out. You may opt out of this arbitration agreement. If you do so, neither you nor Snapchat can force the other to arbitrate. To opt out, you must notify Snap Inc. in writing no later than thirty days after becoming subject to this arbitration agreement. Your notice must include your name, address, and your Snapchat username and the email address you use to set up your Snapchat account, if you have one. and an unequivocal statement that you want to opt out of this arbitration agreement, you must either mail your opt-out notice to this address, Snap Inc, there's an address, Um, you can mail it there if you would like, or email the opt-out notice to arbitration-opt-out at snapinc.com. I didn't realize you could opt out of these, but it basically says, are right, you going to opt out? Still doesn't mean we're an arbitrate though.
0: Yeah. I'm not exactly sure. Like, yes, like there, like there isn't like an opt out that, that's usually involved in all these agreements and it's usually like, 30 to 16 days after you sign up, which can literally mean the first time, like you go to Snapchat's website because that's one of their services. And so that like accounts for you agreeing to the terms of service. I am also not a lawyer and can see that viewpoint
1: in terms of yes a website is a service i don't know this is a boggling statement of the idea of i guess you are using a service by using their website so you agree to the terms of service i get that but at the same time like i'm like man are you really but i guess yeah, you're bound to it and it's not explicitly you're not explicitly bound to it upon account creation it's like hey you're using our services these are the terms
0: yeah I think it can just be the website. Like it doesn't need to be a full like account sign up. Like you said, it is my understanding again, not a lawyer. Also not a lawyer. Barely even qualified to be on this podcast. The only qualification for this podcast is to have read at least one terms of service. And Doug, you're at three now, I think. So, and three episodes in. So technically I came in underqualified. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Doug, sometimes you have to apply to the job uh, because the experiences, they're only looking for half of what they're looking for. Exactly. Well, that might wrap up this week's episode. I mean, Doug, is there anything else in here that you're um, interested in covering? They have a severability agreement, Section 20, which is basically a means if anything within this Terms of Service is found to be unenforceable, um, all other provisions stay in effect other than the one that's not enforceable. So like, essentially one provision doesn't Um, negate or render null and void the entire terms of service. It's kind of pretty standard. They do say that there are additional terms for some specific services. So go find those basically. Um, There there are no links, but they they might be out there. And uh, hey, you know, Doug, they do welcome uh, comments, questions, concerns, or suggestions. You can contact Snap Inc. by visiting https forward slash forward slash support.snapchat.com dot dot how very kind of them oh you know we, where is the uh the venue for the arbitration did it say did we read that um we did not
1: but I think it would be section 18 exclusive venue that's a good point I can read that section if you would like
0: Nah, let's not read the whole thing like where's the uh, where does it say it says oh we'll be litigated exclusively in the United States district Court of the central District of California. So there you go. If you're going to go sue Snapchat, go into Cali, baby. I mean, it's a nice reason to get out. People are willing to travel for anything. Well, Doug, any of the last thoughts on these terms of service? These are actually pretty straightforward. A lot of legalese, obviously, in the second half, as is per usual with the terms of service. All kind of like the consumer-focused information is in the front half. My only closing thoughts would be that this was a particularly long service agreement or terms
1: of service. I hope it made everybody sleep well tonight. And if you're interested in learning more about it, there are sections in here that we didn't cover. um,
0: But do you still pertain to you if you're a user of Snapchat? So yeah, so you can definitely go check it out. I hope everybody's drifted off to sleep and we'll see you all next week.